Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right, you guys, this is episode number 24 of Grow Bud Yourself, and it's an epic one we have in store for you guys. We've got an amazing guest, the legendary Tommy Chong. The show is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and BC Northern Lights Grow Boxes. We've got cultivation tips. We've got gross Q&A. We've got Tommy Chong, an incredible uh, cameo interruption of the Tommy Chong interview by another legend. So please stick around. Episode 24 is coming at you. Grow bud yourself. Hey, all right. As always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible tune. Grow bud yourself indeed. And boy, do we have a show in store. This is number 24. Michael, how do you feel? I feel good. Yeah, we just, uh, you know, we just did this interview and uh, it went really well. We're we're really excited about it. Some crazy stuff happened and uh, we can't wait for you guys to check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I don't think we should do too much, uh, too much time here in the intro. We have such a nice long uh, interview with Tommy and a lot of grow cultivation stuff to get to after that as well. Um, but, you know, suffice it to say, uh, we're very excited to have you know, an amazing guest like Tommy Chong, a legend, uh, an absolute, you know, icon of uh, comedy and film and and uh, music even and much more. So uh, activism, you know, and and uh, we talk about everything. So it's uh, it's wide ranging. And uh, Tommy's got a lot to say. And I think, uh, you know, it's very important to hear what he has to say, because, like I said, he's um, you know, one of the uh, inspirations for so many uh, that came uh, beyond and afterwards. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just excited to have uh, Tommy on the show. We've had him on uh, in the past with free weed episodes, so you can go back and listen to those as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, in this uh, era of, uh, you know, COVID and everything else that's going on, it's just nice to hear from someone uh you know, with uh, with a lot to say. Yeah, and also just as a side note, I think it helps a little bit to do these video calls because I feel like other times where we've spoken to Tommy or other celebrities on the phone, uh, there isn't that same kind of connection where they just want to kind of hang out and chat. There's something about the video call, I think, that, that kind of keeps certain people uh, kind of engaged and uh, talkative. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I think, you know, everybody's looking for that connection uh, nowadays as well. And, uh, you know, Tommy stayed on with us and uh, really, you know, bared his soul and, and talked about a lot of, uh, you know, non, non-cannabis related kind of things as well. You know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, he's uh, lived such a long life and, uh, and witnessed so many, you know, different ups and downs that uh, he's just got a very interesting perspective on things. He does indeed. And uh, we're going to get right to that. First, just one quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, for the Patreon people, a new video, a little bonus clip from the Hembra Genetics interview from episode 23, which is really cool. And for everyone else, a new video on YouTube. 
It's a, a bonus clip, I think, from our second episode. It's a Jason of Dark Horse Genetics that's now live. Right, and he talks about how he came up with the name uh, for Dark Horse Genetics in that clip, I believe. And, you know, I think, especially for people who, you know, they're listening to us um, and our audio, um, whether they're trimming or, you know, in their grow room or, or you know, just hanging out, uh, and they hear our voices, but they don't, you know, they don't know that, you know, there's also video um, of these interviews. And so um, that's one, you know, benefit of joining Patreon is that you get to see uh, some of these videos of people and, and extra footage um, that isn't on the audio version of the show. Um, so join us over there. Like I said, when we get to 42 Patreons, I'm giving away a magical butter machine to one of those 42 people. Uh, and um, we'll be posting more and more stuff up there. We actually just recently ordered stickers. So everyone who's a Patreon person that uh, that hasn't gotten their stickers and their note from us uh, thanking them for their support, we'll be getting that in the near future as well. And, uh, you know, if you join at the $25 level or the $42 level, you get a free copy of my book. You get a shout out uh, mention on the show. Um, so, yeah, it's a great way to participate. So, um really got to thank all our patreon supporters for for uh you know their support indeed but now uh what do you say we get right to this interview with uh, the legendary tommy chong yeah so stick around after these messages for our interview with tommy chong Hey, you guys, this episode is brought to you by Excelsior Extracts and their incredible THC-infused relief rub. Uh, and now this stuff really works. And uh, I know it works because it's made by our friend Outcast, and she needs very, very strong topicals. Uh, so the relief rub is the strongest topical I've ever tried. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts, all one word. Uh, DM them for info on the relief rub if you're interested. And uh, give them a follow. Uh, they're great people, and they grow great cannabis and make great products. So thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back. And we have a very special guest with us on the Grow Bud Yourself podcast today, uh, the legendary man himself, Mr. Tommy Chong. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you, thank you. Please, please, sit down, sit down, everybody. No standing ovations, no, not, not during this pandemic, you know. And you don't need a mask either right now, so. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I guess the first question right off the bat should be, uh, yeah, how's, how are things holding up in the, uh, in the Chong household uh, with everything going on right now? It's pretty tough, you know, it's, uh, like I'm married to one of the most beautiful women in the world yeah, Shelton, who, Shelton. Who, who loves to cook. So I'm, I'm kind of getting used to that part, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I, I, I never had a chance to stay home in my, my house ever. You know, right. when Cheech and I were doing movies, you know, we were always working and we, you know, the help, the, all the, the gardeners and that, they had more uh, time in our house than we did. <laughs> and so, and so that, that this, uh, 
pandemic is I, I got to know my house. <laughs> I got to know my yard. I, I love it. It's, it's nice being successful if you can enjoy it. <laughs> well, you finally got a chance to, to oh, do I'm that. Oh, I'm enjoying uh, the hell out of it now. Is, now, is there any kind of uh, reminiscence to the nine months you spent uh, locked up uh, for the, uh, the Bong case? Big time. A yeah. lot of it, man. A lot yeah. of it. Uh, in fact, uh, I just had uh, a supper with um, uh, the golf caddy, Ed, Ed, Eric uh, Larson, that I was locked up with, you know. And uh, we're, we're just laughing at because uh, <laughs> we, we had a, such a good routine, you know, because, you know, you couldn't mess up. And so we ate properly. We exercised because that was all we had to do. And then we would get like haircuts. I, I had a haircut that was a, like a four hour haircut. You know, the guy, he had nowhere to go. And so he had nothing else to do. So he cut my hair for four hours and it was just before I was released. And when I got out, my wife looked at me and said, that's the nicest haircut you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, that was the last nice haircut I got. <laughs> right, right. And uh, but, Jordan yeah, Belfort yeah. was in there uh, with you as well. Jordan uh, oh, the, yeah, the Wall yeah, Street, Jordan. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we were very creative. We he, he wrote a book. I wrote a book. Yeah, we had a – it was pretty nice. And when we ever get when, – whenever we get together, we always reminisce about <laughs> it. was like a vacation for us, you know. Because right. it was, we were celebrities and they treated us like celebrities, you know. And so, so it was, I, you know, I was at that age, you know, where, you, you know, either retire or get a hobby or go to jail. You know, one of those, one of those things. <laughs> so, so that's what you chose. Yeah. <laughs> get nine months uh, away from, uh, you know, any kind of pressures of career. Uh, yeah. All and, of that. Uh, and you did some meditation as well, right? The book was Meditations Ooh, big time. Uh, of the big Icon. Time. Yeah. Big time. I'm still, uh, I, I, not, not like, like now I found uh, a way to meditate uh, all the time, no matter what, where I'm at, you know, because really meditation really is, is like, um, uh, you know, getting uh, within yourself, you know, and, and uh, I do that all the time now because there's no pressure. See, there, there's, you know, I've done it now. Now I'm, everybody congratulates me on being alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and cannabis must play a role in that as well. Obviously, it puts you in the moment. It, uh, it, it, it is kind of what a lot of people are looking for from, from meditation and self-help and, and things like that is just to be in the moment, not worrying about the, the past or the future. Exactly. I was uh, just on a, a Zoom with a, with a, a lady from Toronto, who who uh, stopped her brain cancer with with uh, Rick Simpson oil and you know cannabis oil, and she wouldn't do chemo, she wouldn't uh, do any of the you know the radiation, and uh, she's got her hair, and and they shrunk the the tumor, and she's like basically cancer free now. But you know with cancer it's always lurking somewhere, and. Right. Uh, but but she but she beat it. She beat it. I mean, you know, she kept her hair because what happens when you start doing chemo and that it's just a, a death thing. You know, it's just a matter of time before you die. You know, and, and you're getting fried from both ends. But what she did, uh, she just used the Rick Simpson oil 
and uh, you know, and, and and the tumor shrunk, and and uh, she had an operation. They took it out, and and there's no uh, no cancer left in her body. So it it really works, but it's a it's a mind trip too, you know, because the thing is about death. Uh, it's inevitable. <laughs> you know, we're all going to go through it. And it's just a matter, it's like being called up for an audition, you know, and if you're ready to go, then you go. And if you're not ready to go, then you, you, you see, just a minute, I'm not ready to go yet, you know, but you're all going to go eventually. But uh, no, I, I uh, you know, I, I found my extensive cannabis use, you know, and, and it's funny too, because I'm reading this book uh, by this great uh, writer and I, I read the first part and then I put it down. That's the way I am. You know, I'm a typical stoner, you know, you start something and leave it, <laughs> walk away and come back six months later or six years later. And I start reading the last part of her book and she starts talking about having problems with cannabis addiction. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> only where they, only where, from the where, government. Where her and her husband smoked daily and it, and it kind of uh, stopped their career and so she had to quit. And it was, it was amazing to me because, uh, you know, I've never, uh, never even had that. I've never had a problem uh, smoking too much. You know, because I, 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 when I started smoking in Canada, we never knew when we were going to get another cannabis cigarette, you know, or a, a joint. And so we would uh, be very frugal with what we had, you know, we'd keep it. I, I, I kept one joint last me a month. And, <laughs> and so I still got that habit, you know. Because mm -hmm. I, I know that you just need a little bit to trigger everything that you need to, to trigger. And, and uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's why I'm still smiling, you know. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, Shelby's cooking. Have, has there been any uh, cannabis going into the food uh, of late? Uh, not really. I've been doing these Tommy Chong strips. Oh, where there's like are... breast strips. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I find that because sometimes when you eat cannabis-infused food, it, it, there's too much cannabis in there. And, and, and sometimes you, 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 you get that breakfast at Bernie's look, you know, where you look like you're alive, but you're really dead <laughs> from too much. But no, I, um, I do the strips. She, she just cooks really healthy meals because I'm um, a vegan now okay. know, because I went through a, a bad uh, session of gout while I was in lockdown. And, uh, and the doctors told me, you know, it's a diet. And so I had to quit doing uh, seafood. That was, that's what was causing it. And, you know, I'm a big sushi. I was a big sushi guy, but not anymore. <clears throat> and so, so she just cooks these straight on vegan meals and, and she's beautiful. And, hmm. and, and I don't know, I think something in the food just makes me horny. I don't know. There's something <laughs> going on. Well, you guys have been together for what forty-five years or so now, and even longer. I, I, I mean, that's that, that that that. I mean, she's she looks so young that it, it sort of right. makes everybody go to their computer, you know. Right? How old is she? How old is she? <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, she appeared in in uh, a number of your films. 
yes. and even associate produced uh, some of yes. those some of those movies back in the you she know sure going back to the eighties sure and, and even late seventies. Yep. Um, yep. It's incredible, yep. and also uh, performs uh, with you as well, uh, yeah. which is great. <laughs> the back and yeah. forth there is amazing, and uh, even with uh, with Cheech and and you when you guys did the reunion and and all of that, uh, she was like the she opening act. Right? Yeah, she was exactly. part of it. That was she was part of the deal. Cheech yeah. and I are going to get together, but we're going to have we're going to add the extra the beauty to it, you know, the beauty to the beast. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Cheech, there's the plans for the Cheech and Chong dispensaries out in California. Oh, no kidding. We're going to do uh, five major, major uh, cities. Well, mostly Cheech and Chong uh, areas, you know, L.A., San Francisco. That's where we're going to start. And probably in uh, Vegas. And uh, there's, you know, we've uh, garnered a lot of attention. And so we, we got some serious big money people coming in. They want to even get, you know, started off on a higher rate. Well, we, we, we're, we're going to keep, we're going to keep it small because what we're going to do, we're going to uh, uh, make sure that, that each, each dispensary that we have is, is just killing it, you know, and, and because that's, that's the key, you know, like when Chish and I first started performing, we, we would perform at the Troubadour because it was a perfect setting for comedy, you know, and, and our, and our whole goal was to create a, our act and we could do it so well in the, in the Troubadour. And so with our, with our uh, compassion clubs, you know, with our pot shops, we're going to start relatively small so we can give that attention to it, each one. And then as, as they get popu- more popular, because you're going to, they're going to be a little more than just uh, pot shops where you go buy your pot. Because, you know, I grew up in Canada. And one of the n- nicest things about Canada, you know, you talk about socialism. It, it, it has a taste of, uh, a big taste of socialism. But, but it's really good for, for, for uh, marijuana users, you know, because that's what we really need. We don't need uh, flash. We need style we need comfort you know we need uh, something that's long lasting you know and so our cannabis clubs either depending on the law you know but i'm going to make sure there's a a jazz club really close by each cannabis club and we're going to in the jazz club or the community center I, i like to call them community centers and the community center is going to Every, every, everything to do with cannabis and, 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 and spirituality. Right. Like yeah. A destination where people hang out and, and learn, That's right. you know, That's meet, right. meet like, like-minded people. Um, you mentioned, you know, you got the, your start uh, in music uh, and then, you know, then uh, teamed up with Cheech and, and started performing uh, comedy live for people including the, the my beloved uh, the, the dogs sniffing each other's butts uh, routine <laughs> which which really is like i think the the, <laughs> the flagship of that time back then and then uh got into you know putting those routines onto records and that was like a really big thing right at that time i mean you guys timing could not been a, have been more perfect with comedy records and this is prior yeah. to to the, you know all the classic movies um, and yet, you know, with all of those things and, and many decades, uh, no star 
on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You saw my <laughs> post, huh? You saw I that did. post. Your, your social media is like the, my favorite, you know, when, when you're not, uh, you know, tearing Trump a new asshole and you know, whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's always entertaining. And uh, yeah, what do we got to do to get you guys a, a star on the Hall of Fame there? Well, that's where I stuck it up. Especially out if Trump or, has one. <laughs> it, it, yeah, Trump has a star. Uh, it, it, it really, if there's a fault, it's Lou Adler. Because Lou Adler, you know, he owned the record company. He owned, you know, and he was a director of the Up and Smoke. And, and he basically owns Up and Smoke. We got paid, but he, he basically owns it. So Lou, Lou really should be. But then we, we split from Lou. And so we're on our own. And so I've been trying to get a star forever. And what it is, it, it just takes money. It t takes uh, about, I think, $25,000, something like that. Oh, wow. and, uh, and, you know, that's, that's a nice chunk of change, you know. And so what Lou, Lou is, uh, his mantra was, I always use other people to pay for stuff like that, you know. <laughs> And and uh, and there's no other people, <laughs> you know, especially with Cheech and Chong. You know, there's just Cheech and Chong. I mean, we could do a fundraiser, all that stuff, you know. But uh, you know, what I'm going to do is uh, is just see what happens, uh, you know, because we got a new uh, documentary uh, coming out, and and the guys that are doing the documentary, my, my daughter is one of them. Uh, she, they, 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 they're swearing that oh, you're, we're going to get your, your your star when we release the documentary, you know, it'll be part of the PR thing. Uh, maybe, but in the meantime, I'm, you know, like you say on social media, I, I love just whatever I'm thinking about. <laughs> I'm like Trump, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever crosses my mind, I'm going to put down on, on social media and stick it out there. Right. right. Wait, um, actually, I wasn't aware of that. Is that, is that how that works? You have to buy your way into a, yeah. a star on the walk of fame. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the, Chamber of Commerce, I think, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. It's uh, like, a, I think it's about a, it used to be 100,000. And I think, I think it's down to about fit, uh, tw 25, 30. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Because I, I just heard this, you know, I, I don't know for sure. But, oh, yeah, all that, all that stuff. You buy, like, like uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You buy your way in there, too. You know, record wow. companies buy you and, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know all those things. You know, uh, maybe not the Grammy, but but it, it's close to it. Um, yeah, people will uh, people will recognize uh, Lou Adler as the guy who sits next to Jack Nicholson at uh, Laker games, and also Cisco Adler's dad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cisco's dad. But, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, another thing that's interesting is you're, you're you know the picture of uh, someone who has consumed cannabis for a lifetime and, yeah. and, you know, maintaining health and, 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 you know, uh, you were a bodybuilder, uh, for yeah. a long period and, and always working out and stuff. And actually, wasn't there a guy, uh, at the gym who, who, uh, kind of inspired a lot of the bodybuilders who was also a cannabis user, uh, and it was kind of like a mentor to a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger and you and, and some of the people. Absolutely. And, yeah. Kind they, of called him the, they called him the chief. The chief. They called him the chief. His name was Zabel Kosuski. And uh, you can, you know, bring him up. You, 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 there'll be pictures of Zabel. He was um, legendary. 
because he never did any steroids. And he was Mr. He was a natural bodybuilder, probably the only one on the planet at the time. And yet he would win when he went into any contest, he would win all the body parts, but he'd never win the overall because the overall was always went to like Arnold or, you know, some steroid uh, guy, but, but Zabel, and the only, only uh, substance he would use besides alcohol, I, I got to admit that he, toward the end of his life, him and his Joe Gold and all those, you know, they got pretty heavy into alcohol. Uh, but before, before alcohol, it was always uh, cannabis and, uh, and not a lot, you know, but he, he would have uh, sessions at his house and all the bodybuilders would go there like Dave Draper, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Frank Zane, all the big guys at the, at the time. And he had a big bong, uh, similar to the Chong bongs. And, and the trick was they would put like a quarter of an ounce in the bowl and they would fire it up with a torch. And then the whole, the guy that could suck hard enough to bring that, the, the, the burning lump of the weed into the water, make it explode, would would like that was the, that was the key that was what you're supposed to do like a test and of so, your lung power yeah yeah and so arnold did it and dave draper did it zabo and then they handed it to me and i took the smallest little toki ever saw <laughs> i didn't budge anything but I, i'm not a big bodybuilder anyway and and like i said i'm a, a one toke uh, wonder and but yeah zabo was the guy Zabo, they call him the chief. And the only job he ever had, other than, oh, he was in the movies. He, he was a movie extra. He would do, he was in all sorts of, uh, you know, any action, anywhere they needed a bodybuilder, you know, or, or you know, muscle. And that. Like he was with Mae West for, for years. He would come out and carry her out on a, a litter or whatever. And, and Zabo, he, oh, man, the stories they had. Because they did all those uh, uh, combat movies, you know, or television when they had combat. And they would all be dressed up in armor, you know, with the uniforms and that. And the tr trouble is, they're old bodybuilders, you know, they're not movie actors. And so the whole trip was to get out of the, the scene as soon as you could. And so you, they would get shot. And, and, and then the director would have to wait. You got to wait for someone to shoot you before you fall down dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, these guys had the best stories. Zabel was the guy. He was sort of an unsung hero of, you know, cannabis and, and bodybuilding and, and that. Yep, he initial, was the first. Right. He was the very first. I mean, he, like I said, he did do alcohol toward the end. But, you know, he died when he was like 83. And uh, he'd been in the like he'd been in the Second World War. He he was uh, part of a commando group. They were just they they would let him in the Philippines, and they would just stick stick him in the jungle, and pick him up uh, uh, like a, a month or two later or or months later. And their job was to go behind the lines and 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 terrorize the the Japanese forces. They were commandos, and, and that wow. was Zabel's job. Oh, he was. Oh, his stories, man. Oh, my God. He was on his way home after the war was over. And then the ship got turned around and he got sent to Tokyo to accept the Japanese surrender. And so these Japanese uh, colonels and that were coming up, or generals, 
and handing Zabel their sword. That was their way of surrendering. And so Zabel collected a big box of samurai swords and he sent it home and his mother <laughs> didn't know what it was. And, and of course, Zabel forgot about that he sent it home. And uh, years later, uh, they were going through, the, the mother died and they're going through the thing and they just gave the swords away. There was, they were pearl handled, all sorts of uh, stuff. But Zabo, man, what, what, a, what, a, what a legend. Well, and according wow. to Wikipedia, he was also in Nice Dreams. Yes, yes, oh, wow. Zabo. Yep, yeah, I had him in there. In, Is in, it the weightlifting scene? Huh? Is it in a weightlifting scene? No, no, no. He was, uh, he was doing what he does. He was uh, uh, doing a gym sitting uh, behind the desk and he always does and i come up and i give him some weed and so he gives me t-shirts <laughs> he gives me all the because that's what he used to do he used to sell joe gold's t-shirts and uh and he'd just give more away than he would sell because <laughs> that's is it money you know what is money he was he was just a free spirit and every day he got married three times and every time his wife would leave him he'd say take whatever you want <laughs> so uh yeah we mentioned trump earlier and you've been pretty uh outspoken <laughs> in your uh disdain uh for the man uh do, are, do you, are you getting like death threats and things like that or is it is, you know who, who trump you uh, oh uh, me because oh, of your my. outspokenness they're, they're they no they they troll me uh, quite a bit on my site you know i spend more more time uh, kicking trumpies off my site than i do uh, do anything it's like i told them before it's like picking fleas off a dog you know <laughs> <laughs> kicking these trumpies because he you know trump trump is a con man he never wanted to win and when he won he knew he, he see con men they don't have any respect for the people that they're conning because they're lying to them. And if they're so stupid to believe their lies, then the, you, you have a right to steal their money, to take their money. That's the con man, you know, that's the Jordan Belford uh, uh, theory, theory, you know. Right. I mean, they're that's marks, what he would they do. call them marks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why you call them marks. And, and so Trump, turned America into a whole, uh, you know, scam. And, and he's been doing it. And these Trumpies, you know, hey, I've got friends. I, I go to dinner with these guys. They're billionaires and they're all Trump supporters. But they don't, they try talking Trump around me, but they, they quit doing that very quickly, you know, because, uh, you know, you, still, you start talking, trying to talk good stuff about Trump, man, I'll, I'll shoot you down in a heartbeat, you know, because he's, because I know Trumps. I was in jail with Trumps. I know those guys. You know, they, they lie. They lie about everything. Like they lie about being able to govern, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and these stupid Republicans are so greedy. And by the way, it was Comey was the one that, that, that got uh, uh, Trump elected. You know, Trump was going to go down to the biggest defeat until Comey started that investigation against Hillary that they couldn't, that they couldn't do. They should yeah. never have done that. They like should a never week said before anything. the election. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so he, he threw the election right into Trump's hands, you know, because the, the, the Republicans wanted Trump to win for the very reason that we're seeing now, you know, so they get the judges in and, you know, and get all the tax breaks and that, you know. But the, the, what I try to tell my t Trumpy friends is that you're very short-sighted, you know, because what good is, I told it one time I got in an argument with these guys, you know, and they're telling me, why don't you like Trump? And, and I said, why? You got to ask that question. Just look at the man, you know? I mean, just look at what he is. Look at how he combs his hair. I mean, that's enough for anybody to hate him, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there's, so, there's so they, they said, yeah, so they said, uh, uh, so I told them, I, I said, listen, and you know, they start talking, telling to me about taxes. I said, hey, listen, to these Trumpies, I said, if you had to pay 90% of your wealth to taxes, you wouldn't still wouldn't be able to spend the remaining 10% of what you got left. Isn't that true? And they all had to agree with me, you see, because they're so wealthy that you can't spend that wealth in a lifetime. You know, it's impossible because uh, you can throw it away, you can gamble it away, you can give it away, you can do that. But even giving it away, if your heart's in the right place and you're, and you're rich, it'll come back to you. You see, that's the way wealth is. Like me, I, I'm, I'm a good example of it. This pandemic and everything else, I'm making more money now than I ever did on the road. Why? Because I'm one of these essential guys that'll do, uh, you know, I can write, I can, I can uh, you know, entertain, I, I, you, know, I, you know, and people buy my products. Like, like I'm into the, the weed business is considered essential, you see? And, and so, and how did I get that success? It was by treating people properly, treating people right. You know, don't rob people. See, we all have, life is like a, like a, like a obstacle course, you see? And just when you're going along, all of a sudden there's another obstacle. Now it's how you handle the obstacle. That's very important. If you run around it, you cheat, then that's wrong. Every time you cheat, you're cheating yourself, you see, because what the obstacles are, are tests. And if you pass the test, then you get rewarded. The reward, and you don't know where the reward's coming from. You have no idea. You know, all of a sudden, this lady will walk into your life and, and you found your love. All of a sudden, this business opportunity will appear. Wow. All of a sudden that painting that you bought at a, at a, a thrift store or, you know, is, is worth millions. You have no idea, but, but what life has to be, it's a game and you have to, and you can't cheat. And the minute you cheat, you pay the price. And that's what's happening with Trump because he cheated. He's paying the price. See, I, I was one of those guys that said Trump, you know, I kind of wanted Trump to win because he was so interesting, so much, so entertaining, you know, when I saw him do his, his rap and that, because he's such a nutcase, you know, uh, he, he really is a, like a comedian that doesn't have another act. <laughs> he just has one, one act that someone wrote for him, you know, and, and so he does, he keeps doing that over and over and over again, you know. And anyway, uh, uh, his time, and, and, and when, when, when guys say that, Paul, 
they don't fall gently. No, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a while. He's going to go to jail. He's going to, he's going to go to court because it's America. America. See, the very country that, that got him elected is going to be the very country that's going to put his ass in jail. <laughs> well, we can only hope. <laughs> and I think it's very interesting uh, what you're talking about, you know, the obstacles in life and overcoming them. I think it's, it's really good advice for longevity in, in a career. And, you know, there's going to be those ups and downs and, and you know, uh, separations and reunions and things like that. And it's how you ride out uh, the bad times uh, is how you're going to enjoy the good times. And I think, you know, chasing the fast money and the easy dollar and, and the quick, you know, ripoff is the key to not non-success, you know, to failure. Well, well, well the thing is, the thing is, it's how you treat people. See, how you treat each other, you know. And, and the thing is, we, we, we're so blessed. See, see, people, like, like you, if you watch my Twitter feed, every once in a while I'll mention God, you know, and then right away, you know, all these guys, oh, God does not exist. Oh, who are you? What are you doing that? You believe that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, right away you get those guys. And, and, and I have no problem, problem with people having their own beliefs, not at all. In the physical world, there's, there's opposites. You know, they're up and down. There can't be up without down. Uh, like there can't be light and dark, you know. And, and so we're in a physical world. And the opposite of the physical world is uh, the spiritual world, you see. One world is physical, which we're in. In the spiritual world, there's no learning in the spiritual world. There just is. We just are. And we are eternal beings, by the way. You know, this isn't our first rodeo, and it's not our last rodeo. We're here like an act. We're performing in a play. And, and when that play is over, there's another play. And there's another play. And it goes on for eternity. And we, 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 we might come back, like now, I'm a comedian. You know, I might come back as a... As a, as a maybe a, a, a rat or a fox or, <laughs> or, a, or a giraffe or, a, or an ant, you know, whatever I need to, to feed my soul, to learn, to evolve, to evolve, because that's all we're doing. We're evolving. Like right now, uh, I had a big, not a big argument, but it was a nice conversation with Timothy Leary. Timothy Leary told me, uh, you know, his answer to everything was just get on a spaceship and leave, find another Earth. <laughs> because this Earth, this Earth is going to shit. You know, it's going to, it's, it's going to disappear. People aren't treating it right. So we've got to find another Earth. And, and, I, and I told Tim, he says, he wanted to know one time, you know, because we had been buddies for a while. And he wanted to know, because he'd written so many books and that. And, and he wanted, he was testing to see if I'd read his books. And so then he, he gave me this uh, spaceship theory, you know, that we got to get on a spaceship. And I told Tim, I said, Tim, we're on a spaceship now. This is a spaceship. And it's not so, it's such a beautiful spaceship because we don't have to be 
cramped in a, a little uh, quarters, you know, a little cockpit with, with a breathing apparatus around us, uh, you know, and we can't go out into an atmosphere that's not friendly to us. I said, we're on a spaceship and we can travel through this and not only travel while we're traveling through space, we can have kids, we can have love, we can have, we can live a beautiful life. I said, so why would you want to go do that thing, you know, uh, ruin that? And Tim says, oh, you're just like John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at I looked at Tim. I said, "Well, I'll take I'll take that insult." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a dreamer. We're dreamers. Yeah. 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 Can I buy some pot from you? <laughs> and what's interesting is we literally can buy pot from you now, right? I mean, there's yes. a Tommy Chong brand of yes. cannabis. <laughs> so, yes. uh, how do people there's, find out more about that? Oh yeah, there's there's uh, strips. I got these pre rolls. These are great. Man, I'm not a joint smoker, but I smoke one of these because I did a, a cameo and they wanted to smoke a joint. I did a pre-roll. Man, it was. But yeah, we got pre-rolls. We got strips. We got flour. We got uh, oil. We got uh, CBD oil. Yeah, we got it all, man. We got it all. You know, I always said that cannabis is going to change the world. You know, it's going to save the world. And, and it will. It will. Yeah, I mean, another quote you have is that if if more people were stoned, there'd be less violence in the world. And I think totally. you know it's it's hard to dispute that uh, that statement as well. Um, and people can go to TommyChong.com to find out uh, you know where to find those products and and about the CBD and all the different. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait till when we get our our shops up and running, and then we're going to do a takeout. We're going to do delivery service, too. We're working on that, too. So, Yeah, that's important. New York, New York's been way ahead of us. New York, man, you can get pot before you get a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's where we are, actually. We're in New York right now, Mike and I. uh, Yeah, you can order pot right now. You can get pot before you get (laughs) – order both, and the pot will show up first. (laughs) That's true. Not not on the legal side, but uh, in the underground, the the outlaw world that we all came from. Uh, still well, that's what they say here. to me. You know, they, they <laughs> say, well, how do, how do you like it that it's legal? And I tell them, it's always been legal for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've always treated it that way. Uh, yes. In fact, when you were here in New York uh, for the marijuana logs uh, years ago, uh, we got to see We had to go to that little... Sh- What's that? We had to go to that little space that you guys had. Right, yeah. the balcony. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to go through a, a, a storeroom or something and around the balcony to just <laughs> yeah. to smoke up legally. That's right. That's right. And uh, that was a great The good song. old days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a nice run you, you guys had there too with the, mono, uh, the marijuana logs uh, here in New York and then traveling around with that show as well. Um, and I think you were on probation at the time or parole. Um, oh, yeah. So there was like all kinds of... Uh, precautions being taken as well i think as far as people smoking in the audience and and all of that oh yeah that's right that's that must right. have a lot i mean that must have had a lot people smoking in the audience at your shows i mean sure <laughs> oh man i mean uh, vancouver uh no uh, uh, uh santa cruz <laughs> we uh-huh. did a concert there man and there was so much smoke in the auditorium <laughs> <laughs> 
that my wife doesn't smoke, she got so stoned, everybody got stoned. I mean, everybody. It was one of the best shows she's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I was just thinking that the pandemic must be especially difficult for you because I imagine everywhere you go, people want to, to smoke a joint with you. And obviously, you can't really do that with COVID. Has that been an issue? Are you having to turn people down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the most part, I, I'm 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 sequestered. You know, I I, mm -hmm. I don't go out. And, and when I, it's funny, I go out. I wear my Tommy Chong T-shirt, and I'm always amazed by people who recognize me with a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> and I got Tommy Chong. You know, you know, the thing is, I respect my fans, and they respect me. And for the most part, they just want a picture. You know, and then what I do, rather than uh, smoke with them, I give them. I give them product you know uh, like like any anybody i work with you know i tip them I always tip them with product and uh, i get the best service you have no idea <laughs> when we're when restaurants were open i used to uh, and i over tip you know i i tip uh, like people parking cars you know i always give them a big juicy tip and it, it, i just love the look on their face and i love I love the, the the feeling that 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 it gives me, and I love the feeling that that it gives them. You know, uh, when I was in prison, I got a letter from a a doctor, and he said he worked in this restaurant that that when he was going to medical school, and because I would I would we go there all the time, I give him a big tip. He said it helped him get through medical school. The tips, can you imagine that? Amazing. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, uh, I think was it uh, Paris that played a role, your son Paris, in uh, in reuniting you with Cheech? Totally, <laughs> yeah. Totally, he's still my manager. Yeah, he told <laughs> Cheech and I never got along. We were still fighting, and, and then, but I hadn't seen him for for years, and so I I texted him and said, you know, you know, we should hang out together even if we're not working together we should get together and paris inter intercepted my email because he's he's uh he, he monitors me on my emails and so he uh he trashed that one and then he, he wrote a new one and says right, let's get together man. come on we'll rehearse and blah 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 and so he was the one paris is the one that got us back together again that's cute <laughs> that's great before we go, just one last thing. When can people expect uh, those dispensaries to, to be open and available? Very soon, very shortly. Uh, the, the, we're, we're working on the San Francisco one now and the LA. And uh, we've got the locations. We, we, we got the license. I think it's just a matter of getting all the, the paperwork done, you know, as far as, uh, as, far as the, uh, you know, the licensing and, and, and all that. Goal. Because what we're doing, we're just buying up we're buying up existing uh, situations. And, and so we don't have to, you know, start from scratch. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a, quite a few, I think we're, I think we're looking at a few med, med men. Uh, is that, yeah, med men uh, locations. Mm -hmm. there for, there's a bunch of them for sale. There's a, quite a few for sale. And uh, I, I, I would say within the next six months, you know, you, you'll see, you'll see some, Go, because you know we we got to do something we've raised the money <laughs> we got the money so it's time to uh it's time to uh cash in 
you know, right. to, to open, to put our, uh, do our, our stuff where our mouth is, you know, mm-hmm. put our I wheat think, yeah. where, yeah, where all the, because I don't want to be one of those guys that, uh, yeah, in fact, I am one of those guys, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll promote movies that, that never get shown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, but the you know the dispensaries are definitely they're they're definitely going to be there and they're going to be well you know we'll have to do some podcasts from them yeah for sure for sure I think yeah. the delivery thing is going to be huge as well obviously oh. uh, you know that's going to be lucrative and the delivery thing I'm I'm really looking forward to that because yeah. there's so many people shut up shut you know can't get out you know can't get out for one reason or the other. And, and have, you know, they have to have their medicine delivered to them, you know. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to all of this, man, because uh, eventually I want to I be one of the, if not the wealthiest, but I want to be one of the wealthiest men in, in, uh, in, in the world, you know. And I think wow. we can do that with, with cannabis because that's what's going to take, that's what we're going to need to change the world. All right. A, uh, shitload of money. You know, <laughs> well, I, you know, in honesty, you, you are one of, already are one of the wealthiest because you have, uh, you know, your wife and your children and your totally. legacy. And, yeah. you know, some people don't realize, you know, you play this character, but, you know, you directed those movies and wrote, yeah. you know, a lot of the movies and, you know, that you're, you were the driving force, you know, there, you know, as well as Cheech, of course. But I think, you know, you took the mantle, you know, and ran with it and really... And I'm, I'm still running. I got to ask also, because I get this question uh, because of the name Danko, but uh, Sergeant Stadenko, uh, that was based on a real RCMP officer. It was. It was. <laughs> who was it kind was. of harassed, you guys. And I heard from his, his like he died. He, mm-hmm. he died uh, a couple of years ago, I think. But I heard from his sister. His sister, she, oh, the family just loved the fact that they got famous. <laughs> they loved it, and and Abe Abe was his name, Stadenko. He wasn't too thrilled. He wasn't too thrilled. I got a call from the Narcs in Vancouver when when I made him famous. He got shipped off to Turkey because he was too famous to work in 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 America, and so he got shipped off to Turkey for the remainder of his career. Then he came back to Vancouver. And and he was basically retired, but he, you know, he's a, a narc, you know, he can't quit. So he'd hang out at the station. And and so uh, the narcs called me, they called me and they said, we're, we're giving Abe a retirement party because they want to get him out of there. <laughs> and so they give him a, re- and so they wanted to surprise him with, with a, a poster because it has Stadenko's name on the, on the Up and Smoke poster. And so I, I uh, arranged a poster, and we Cheech and I signed it, and uh, and they presented it to Abe on his, on his retirement. And I, I asked a couple of guys, uh, you know, how did he take it? And they said, well, he kind of smiled, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, what can it you was do? it was something that haunted him the rest of his career because he he, he became famous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it honestly, I mean the one of the best reactions to, uh, you know, that kind of attitude, you know, whether you want to call it, you know, fascism or whatever it is, is humor. I mean, poking fun yes. at it because it takes itself so seriously. And, you know, you were able to turn something around 
by using humor, no violence, no, you know, no. hatred, nothing, just, just humor. But it was enough to ridicule that whole belief system and, and really, you know, kind of shame the people involved as human yes. beings to treat other human yes. beings in that manner, you know? And so the humor is, you know, in, in is more powerful than violence. Oh, <laughs> you know? always, always, you know, <laughs> always. You've done this a number of times, you know, using humor uh, kind of as a weapon against uh, totalitarian kind of regime, you know, even going, you know, it was Mary Jo Buchanan or, or whatever that, you know, yeah. had, had prosecuted you for the uh, glass. And then, you know, you went and campaigned against her and were able to raise money, you know, with humor <laughs> to basically have her defeated in her, you know, primary. Well, she um, got so defeated. And the only <laughs> thing she said was that I, I just wish I had a, got more you know, harsh with Tommy Chong. Wow. <laughs> I met her one time. I met her one time at the sentencing and when I got sentenced. And I, and I said to her, I says, because she had told everybody, you know, that I was probably going to get house arrest. And and then I, I told her, uh, I said, oh, oh, this your idea of house arrest. And she goes, uh, uh, well, I'm quite sure uh, there, there, you'll probably be able to get into a halfway house something like that some stupid thing like that but then uh, then not i only met her one time you know it was such a george bush ashcroft bust that's what it was because right. right. they they were they were flailing they were they were trying to think of something to justify an iraqi war you know that was the worst decision bush ever made you know and it, and it proved to proved out too and so they came after us you know they, they were looking for the hippies to help them out, like they did with uh, I mean, Nixon. they were they were especially vicious with you. I mean, threatening to throw yeah. your wife and child in jail and basically forcing you to oh, take yeah. whatever deal you know they had, which was nine months. I mean, you ended up doing actually yeah. doing nine months in jail for the yeah. crime of you know selling bongs across state lines or whatever. No, but you you, you know why you know why I went to jail is because they did something else that they're, they're not supposed to do. They looked at my juvenile record. See, when you have a juvenile in Canada and in the States, that record's supposed to be right, sealed. Off, off limits, you know, because you're, I was a juvenile. And because I had been in trouble with the cops as a juvenile, then That's that gave them the right to uh, put me in jail, you know, because every, I was the only one that went to jail. Everybody else got house arrest or, you know, a slap on the wrist and, you know, they mentioned, they mentioned the fact that, you know, you had ridiculed yes. them and, you Up know, they, they, yeah, they literally used that against you as well. The fact yeah. that, you know, you used humor in that manner to basically ridicule law enforcement and encourage the use of narcotics, <laughs> I think yes, was, yes. <laughs> which is amazing. And really, I mean, it, it really does show, you know, that, you know, that kind of totalitarian attitude can you know, can spread if it's allowed to fester and exist. And, you know, we're in another period of time where that, you know, ho hopefully, you know, will end soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you have, no, any... it's, 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 it's ending, it's ending. We just like everything, you know, it, it, it took a while. Everything takes time and that's all we have, you know, but like I say, uh, once, once we show 
the, the right people the way to do it, you know. And I think that's what I did with up in, with up in smoke, with the movies, with everything. I inspired so many brilliant, brilliant uh, uh, artists, you know, like Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, huge Cheech and Chong fan, yeah. huge Cheech and Chong fan, and he paid homage to us in various ways. And he put Cheech in one of his movies uh, back in the day, uh, and, but. You know, guys like Tarantino, guys like, uh, uh, you know, um, the the dude. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, all, you know, those, uh, Ice Cube yeah, and, and uh, Friday and, all, and all the Method rappers. Man and Red Man. Yeah, they, yeah, they all know. the rappers, the rappers, uh, um, you know, Ice Cube, you know, wouldn't have done Fridays if he hadn't uh, got inspired by Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. And we meet all these people, and, and you figure out we, we, we showed them a, a lifestyle, <laughs> a career, you know, for the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. Oh, the Cheech is here. You guys. This is. Uh, no way. Uh, wow. High times, guys. <laughs> Hi, old wow. high times, guys. Hey, You're Cheech, not in jail yet? It's Danny Danko and Mike G. We used to work for High Times. We are now. Uh, podcasting, and we work for a magazine called Northeast Leaf. We have a yeah, they, they work in a magazine. No, uh, yeah, the, the sound's not getting through. Okay, okay. man, I'm going to have to go now because teach One. he might be infected. With <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, take Tommy. Care, uh, take care. Thank, thank you, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show to Tommy Chong. Uh, check out TommyChong.com and all of his incredible social media. Uh, we will be back with more Grow Bud Yourself. Hey, you guys, we are so excited to have BC Northern Lights back on the block with Grow Bud Yourself. Um, these guys have been, you know, a, a, a staple of our advertising for many years. Uh, they make incredible grow boxes, the Mercedes of grow boxes. Uh, fully automated touchscreen technology and there's a grow box for everybody's needs there's the bloom box which has three different chambers for perpetual growing the producer which you can just fill with clones or seedlings and and start producing uh, they even make drying uh boxes as well uh, and i love the mothership for moms uh, and the roommate uh, which is a nice small unit that you can have you know even in a studio apartment so check out bcnorthernlights.com uh, they have incredible customer service, incredible support. Just tell them, you know, that Danny Danko sent you from Grow Bud Yourself. You can give them a call also toll-free, 866-933-3269. Uh, thank you to BC Northern Lights. And as always, check them out at bcnorthernlights.com or give them a call. And remember to tell them Danny sent you. Alrighty, welcome back, and wow, Tommy Chong, what a... <laughs> that was wild. Yeah, we were not expecting an interruption from Cheech, uh, which is just amazing. We we had only booked Tommy for the show, and then, boom, Cheech shows up, and ah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, like, uh, if someone just told me that that happened, I wouldn't really believe them. Like, yeah, we were talking to Tommy, and then Cheech just showed up, but that is that is literally what happened there. And <laughs> yep. uh, we have video... So That's we'll right. we'll get that out so you guys can see. It's like the perfect reveal. He comes into frame, but he has the mask on, you know, for the for for COVID, and then he, he takes the mask off and reveals himself to be Cheech Marin. Yeah, 
Yeah, oddly enough, when when Tommy first said, "Oh, like Cheech is here," I thought he meant like, you know, a pet dog, you know, or yeah, something well, that he had heard named. dogs barking, and it seemed like he was calling over his dog, but it, yeah. it was Cheech. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah, I thought it. Was. <laughs> and then the real Cheech was there. Amazing! Wow. Very, yeah, very, and, odd. and great insights from Tommy as well. I think, uh, you know, he's a perfect example of someone who uh, has used cannabis all his life, and. Uh, you know, maintains a healthy lifestyle and, you know, turned it into a career, showed a lot of people that it could be a career, that you could be a stoner and have, you know, a, a livelihood from that and, and be, be an entertainer, be an educator, be an activist. I mean, just, you know, an incredible story uh, of, you know, ups and downs and, and uh, you know, a lot of creativity and inspiration. Yeah, for sure. And a great ambassador for uh, cannabis over the years. So That's right. excellent. Uh, great to have him on the show again. I think that was his uh, third appearance with us uh, spanning, you know, the, the two different podcasts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. A great friend of the show. Um, so, yeah, now, but we are in the cultivation segment. Uh, yes. And yes. And it's a, so, it's an off, uh, off week. It's not a fortnight. So there's no strain. But uh, you do have a grow topic that you're going to uh, talk a little about to help people improve their grows. Yes, absolutely. And this one is actually not so much improving a grow, but something you can do at post-grow, um, which a lot of people are harvesting right now. Uh, they're obviously putting, pulling a lot of leaves off of their plants. Um, and what can you do with pot leaves after you trim them off your plants? Um, that's the subject that I would like to, uh, get into because of course your focus at the time is on the flowers. And so you're trimming these leaves off, um, really with the intention of just getting them out of the way, um, and, you know, drying the flowers or, you know, post dry trimming them off. Now my, you know, my approach to this is always just, you know, harvest a plant, uh, take off the fan leaves, you know, just, we call it bucking, but just, Buck the fan leaves. The big fan leaves don't have a ton of trichomes on them. Um, they're basically just going to muck up any kind of thing you're going to try to do, whether it's make edibles or uh, ice water extracted hash, which we'll talk about. Um, but you really, the fan leaves are just in the way at that point. So, you know, I do a two kind of trim method where you harvest the plant uh, and you take off the fan leaves, but you leave all those other sugar leaves on. Those have a ton of trichomes on them. So you leave those on. You, you dry the plant that can take, you know, seven, 10 days or so hang drying. Um, and then, then you do your second trim. So you trim the, uh, sugar leaves off and then, you know, basically you trim the buds off and you put them into jars for curing. But those are the leaves that you're really after. I mean, if you want to take the fan leaves, you want to juice them and stuff, that's something you can do with those. Um, and actually a very, you know, healthy and, and great thing to do with fan leaves. Um, and you can keep them in the freezer for a long time if that's your plan for the fan leaves. That's great. Um, and by fan leaves, I mean like, you know, the big leaves that are the um, kind of the factories that take in sunlight but don't, you know, usually have a ton of trichomes on them. Uh, though that's reserved for the sugar leaves that are closer to the bud. Um, so when you trim those off, now they're already dry and basically ready to do whatever you want with them. And what I would do is make bubble hash. Um, you can cook with them. You can do dry sift, um, which is great. Dry sift is basically, um, rather than using ice water, you just basically have those leaves on a filter 
um, different sized silk screen filters um, that'll let the trichome glands, uh, the heads of the trichomes fall through uh, and collect them. And then, you know, you put that together, you can make rosin out of that by using a rosin press or even, a, you know, a hair flattener <laughs> when in need. Um, but as far as ice water hash, basically you take all those leaves, um, get a five gallon bucket uh, or bigger if, if you have a lot more leaves, um, but you can start with a five gallon uh, basic Home Depot, whatever, actually make it Lowe's instead of Home Depot, but a bucket. Um, you fill it with water, cold water and ice. Uh, and you have these bags, you know, different size, uh, silk screen bags that you put your leaves into, uh, and then you pull the bags, you, you agitate the water, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so, uh, you just use a wooden spoon, you know, just stir it around with the spoon. The trichomes freeze, the gland heads freeze and they fall down and they, and they go through the silk screen. So you pull that first bag out. It's got all your mushy leaves and, and everything in there. Um, and then the next screens, depending on the sizes, sizing of the screens, will have that like wet um, collection of gland heads and gland stalks and some plant material. So uh, depending on the size of the gland heads and the silk screen, you collect that together. Um, you got to get the moisture out. Um, I recommend using, you know, microplaning, um, you know, first getting as much moisture out as you can using the silk screen, the finest, finest silk screen. Um, and paper towels on the outside to just get as much uh, initial water out of it. And then once you have your you know chunk of uh, trichomes, you want to use uh, you know a microplane to separate. Basically, you almost want to separate every individual gland head out and then dry that out. Um, and that becomes your ice water extracted hash. Everything has to be cold. All the material, the air, the water, um, otherwise it just starts melting. Um, but you have an amazing product that you can make out of that. Um, so again, those are your options. Dry sift, uh, very simple. Um, ice water extraction with filter bags uh, for uh, bubble hash or ice wax. Different people call it by different terms. Um, and then, you know, you can also cook with sugar leaves. You can use that butter or oil that you make to create a wide variety of different edibles, uh, sweet, savory, all that. Just remember with edibles, you know, start low and go slow. Uh, sometimes they don't kick in for an hour and uh, they can kick your ass. So be careful with that. Uh, but those are a lot of things you can do now, uh, harvest time, to uh, make use of the leaves that you trim off of your buds. All right. Very good. Waste not, want not. Uh, so thank you for that tip. And, um, you know, we went a little long with the, the Tommy interview, but we still wanted to get some questions uh, into this episode. So uh, what do you say we take a couple of uh, questions about cultivation? Sounds great. Okay, if you have a question, uh, you can get in touch with us, info at growbudyourself.com. So let's get started with uh, this first uh, listener who writes... If you could use the nickname Hot and Sticky Down South, uh, that would be great. So, Hot and Sticky Down South writes, uh, So, I live in a sunny place for shady people out here in semi-prohibitionville. Uh, we are medical, but the law was written for businesses and not sanity, so no home grow allowed. I have an idea about how to slip a plant by the fuzz, but I don't want to out my methods here. Uh, that way I stay below the radar. My question is... 
Do you have suggestions for bringing plants to finish outside in hot, humid weather? Often when my buds ended up getting thick, they rotted out in the center, turning brown. Uh, thanks for the help and what you do on the show, especially in regards to the info on uh, legislation coming up, because it gives us a chance to help get this stuff finally legal for everyone. So, uh, what would you say to hot and sticky down south? Yeah, so uh, you're putting a plant outside and uh, you have issues with um, bud rot or mold that happens uh, because it's so humid. So, um, you you know, you don't have a ton of options. It's You're kind of at the mercy of the weather. But um, you can grow plants like autoflowers or shorter flowering plants that finish sooner. Uh, hopefully, you know, in the summertime when it's a little less humid. Otherwise, um, you can put your plants, you can cover them up, uh, you know, with some kind of um, greenhouse type structure, uh, which will cover them and will keep a lot of that like early morning dew uh, and moisture from, you know, constantly attacking your plants. And, you know, again, that's going to heat up on the inside too. So you want to have some airflow going through there, but at least that'll, uh, that'll give you a little bit less uh susceptibility to that moisture um you know definitely want to get out there and shake the plants uh, in the morning to get that dew off uh if it's on there and yeah i mean um that's really all you can do uh, as much as you know controlling how humid it is if you can contain it in, into like a greenhouse type structure that has air flowing through um that'll certainly reduce humidity levels but at the same time if it's super duper hot um, you're going to have issues with the heat inside there. So it's a tough one. I would say, you know, uh, try to have plants that flower a little sooner. All right. There you go. Uh, thank you for writing in. Uh, hot and sticky down south. Let's move on to David, who writes, uh, Hey guys, love the show. My question is, when oxygenating water for plants, should you pH the water before or after oxygenating? It doesn't make a difference either way. Thanks for all the great information I've learned so far. Keep up the great work. So uh, what would you say to David? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a strange question because oxy oxygenating water for plants, um, I mean, it makes sense if you're growing hydroponically, you have to oxygenate a nutrient solution. Um, but if you're watering plants with just plain water, you don't really ever need to oxygenate it. I mean, if you leave it out overnight, um, typically that'll pull a lot of the chlorine and stuff out. Um, if you're oxygenating compost tea, uh, that's another story. But even if you're just oxygena oxygenating the water, it's uh, tough to say, right? Um, I would say you know always pH the water after doing anything to it. You know, I, I don't think oxygenating it is going to uh, really affect the pH one way or another. But typically, if you're adding any kind of nutrient to uh, water, it will affect the pH. So you know, I would always check after doing anything to the water. And always make sure that the water's not too hot or cold as well. Okay, very good. Uh, we hope that helps you out. And now let's move on to uh, quickly becoming friend of the show, Cannabifermen. Friend of the show, but we don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. Uh, but Cannabifermen writes, hello, Dan and Mike. I'm going into week four of veg, and I noticed some deformity on some of my leaves, such as small holes, odd leaf formations, and damaged leaf tips. Uh, thankfully, I don't see any webs or uh, spots. Is this normal? If not, uh, what could be causing this? Huh. 
Interesting. Um, I'm assuming that these, if these are outdoor plants, then it's definitely bugs of some kind. So yeah, I mean, typically small holes won't happen from uh, nutrient deficiency. There's something eating those plants, it would seem like, or some type of a deformity of some kind. So uh, get yourself a loop or a magnifying glass and take a much closer look. And by closer look, I mean, look at the underside of the leaves, the surface of the soil, um, the nodes where the leaves meet the stems, um, and anything that'll give you an indication of what that, where that problem's coming from. Okay, very good. We hope that helps you out. And uh, let's do a couple more here. Uh, moving on to Vermont007, who writes, uh, Hi, Danny and Mike. Thanks for the great podcast. It has kept me company lately during the endless hours of trimming. Uh, I have a two-part question. Uh, when growing outdoors in New England... When does flowering start? When should I switch to a bloom over grow fertilizer? I feel like it's light outside longer than 12 hours until September, yet plants finish by October. Uh, the second part, should I continue to feed with any nitrogen through flowering? This year, almost all the fan leaves turned yellow and fell off before harvest. I grow in 20-gallon grow bags with Pro Mix amended with cocoa coir, uh, blood meal, bone meal, bat guano, kelp meal, and worm castings. I also feed with a three-part micro grow and bloom liquid fertilizer through the season. Uh, thanks for helping us grow better cannabis at home. I appreciate any info you have, so what would you say to Vermont007? Okay, um, yeah, so outdoors in New England, you know, flowering is going to start, you know, basically towards the end of August. Um, you mentioned that, you know, it is light outside, longer than 12 hours um, at that time. But what happens is in the summer, it's like way lighter. So it's like 18 hours of light or, or, you know, 16 hours. And as that over day after day, you know, at the end of uh, the summer equinox, that number starts to go down. So it goes from, you know, 16 hours of sun to 15 to 14 to 13. And by the time it gets to around 13, the plant can sense that, you know, fall is coming and starts to flower. So, um, it's not, you know, it's a little different indoors where we, we grow, you know, 18 or 20 hours of light during veg. And then we immediately trigger the plants, um, with 12 hours on and 12 hours off, um, in nature, it happens over a period of time. So the plants just kind of know that it's coming and they act accordingly. So, uh, yeah, so I would say, you know, it basically starts to happen, you know, mid to later August in New England for the most part, you know, the New England's a pretty big area, but, um, that's around when most plants will start and then they'll hopefully be finished by end of September, early October. Um, as far as feeding with nitrogen through flowering, the plant definitely still needs nitrogen at that time. It's just also needs, you know, the phosphorus and potassium that are going to help it flower as well as, you know, other nutrients, calcium, magnesium. It sounds like you have a pretty good, uh, you know, the grow bags, pro mix and all the amendments. Um, it's just that after time, you know, of watering that, um, eventually you're going to run out of newts. And I think that might be why, uh, your fan leaves are turning yellow, um, uh, and falling off before harvest. Um, so I would give them a little bit of nitrogen throughout life. It sounds like you've got a three part micro grow and bloom liquid fertilizer throughout. So, um, you should be fine. And, uh, yeah, keep on growing. I love uh, Vermont-grown outdoor cannabis, especially with the organic style and, and sun-grown. It's amazing. All right. 
Very good. Yes, thank you for writing in. Uh, let us know how that goes. And uh, we got time for one more here. So let's go to uh, Facebook for this one. That bloke writes, uh, Hi, Danny. Hi, Mike. I'm just starting my first grow. I wondered if you can help. I want to know how long to have my lights on during germination. I'm using a fluorescent light to germinate five plants. After that, I will be using a ceramic metal halide 315, and I wondered if you had any tips that would help. I'm going 100% organic, and I'll be making tinctures from the bud. P.S. Loving the new show all the way from the UK, so what would you say to that bloke? Uh, yeah, hey, thanks for the question. Um, as far as flu fluorescent light uh, during germination, uh, you can go with 24 hours of light, uh, although I like, you know, at that point, maybe 22 or 20 or so. I do like to have a dark period for the plants to just relax and not have constant light on all the time. Um, you know, the important thing in that period also is that the temperatures are, you know, high and the, and the humidity is high. So, you know, keep the soil mix moist where you've planted the, so uh, the seeds and keep that light nice and low and close to the surface of the soil um, so that the plants don't stretch after they pop out of the soil. Um, and then, you know, switching over to the CMH, at that point, you probably aren't going to want to go with 22 hours on. I would get, get down to maybe 18 hours on, six hours off. Um, acclimate the plants also. Um, give them like a week or so to adjust from the fluorescent to the, the much stronger light of the CMH by, you know, put them under the CMH for a couple of hours a day, um, add a little more light uh, to that, you know, a couple of hours every couple of days until you're ready to just, you know, keep them under the CMH. Um, that's a good way to keep them from getting super shocked by going under something much stronger than fluorescence. Um, but good luck. 100% uh, organic sounds great. Making tinctures from the bud sounds amazing. And thank you for loving the new show all the way from the UK. Um, it's awesome to know that we've got people all around the world uh, listening and uh, keep on growing. Yeah, apparently we're kind of a big deal in the UK. Um, yeah, I mean, from our stats, we've got a lot of listeners over there. And uh, I think it just goes to show that, you know, um, even in places where the laws aren't nearly as favorable as some of our states over here. Uh, people are going to continue to overgrow their governments and uh, keep the, uh, the healing flower alive in their regions. As they should. Absolutely. All right. Well, that does it for our uh, grow Q&A. Uh, but if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, uh, get in touch with us. Uh, our email is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, we're going to take a little break, but stick around. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up. All right. Wow. What a show, Mike. I think we've reached the wrap. We have. Yeah, that was a great one. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to uh, sit back, uh, fire up a dube, and listen to the interview uh, and the show because that was just amazing. How great to have Tommy Chong on. And how great that Cheech Marin randomly showed up. I know, Cheech interrupted our interview. That's just crazy, amazing. Um, so yeah, I wanna thank uh, BC Northern Lights, uh, Grow Boxes. Definitely check out their website, give them a call, uh, find out about their 
you know, elite brand of amazing grow boxes and more uh, Excelsior extracts, their pain rub, THC infused pain rub. Uh, follow them on Instagram and check out their pain rub. It's incredible. And uh, they are great people. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. It's, uh, it's been an epic one. Thank you very much, you guys. I think, uh, Mike, do you, you got any closing remarks? Yeah, thanks to Dr. Mitch. We, we um, weren't able to run the interview in this episode because Tommy went so long, but everyone stick around. Great Dr. Mitch segment uh, for next episode. Absolutely. So thank you guys. Thanks to all the supporters, all the listeners, all the, uh, you know, grow bud yourself uh, people out there page on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, everywhere where we uh, we are youtube especially get on youtube you guys subscribe to our youtube you can stream us on there there's a video of uh, a lot of interesting stuff that we've done on there as well so please subscribe and uh thank you so much you guys i hope you enjoyed this episode all right so thank you to all of you listeners uh it was just a an amazing episode to be a part of uh episode number 24 uh let's put this one in the books